Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that is at the beginning of the end or the middle of the end because it's season two. I lost track. Anyway, I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. And this week we are reviewing season two, episode 10. No, wait, that was last week. This is episode 11. <laughs> Sorry. But yes, episode 11, the agenda part one. Interesting episode with... A few little callbacks. Yeah. We've got a little bit of more info on the situation, too, with Cybertron. Yeah. And Prime's dream came true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this is actually this is actually the last episode, as we see. I mean, everything, everything gets dissolved. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, pretty it's much. It's all over. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's been nice working with you guys. Um <laughs> <laughs> Check out Kendallcast.ninja yes. for any future projects. Mm-hmm. So uh, We're not done yet. Right. Oh, that's true. We still have to go through this whole episode. Exactly. Um, so uh, before we dive into IMDb, I just want to make one real quick comment. I saw uh, 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 Guardians of the Galaxy uh, this uh, this week, which I don't recommend. It wasn't as good as you would as anybody thought it was going to be. I had low expectations. It, it it did not even meet those, but uh, the important thing is I saw the trailer. It was just I think it was just the first trailer for the new Transformers movie, and it looks way better on big screen. So a uh, little soapbox moment here in our world of of YouTube video movie trailers. I wish that I could see a movie trailer for the first time at a that for a movie that I'm like marginally excited about actually at a movie theater. Yeah, I, I, I like that, too. You could always just not go on YouTube. Well, but but I have to but see you do. I have to be part of the conversation. If it's a thing that's important, like a like a like a superhero movie or a Star Wars movie or in this case, Transformers, like we have to watch all the trailers for this podcast for journalism. Yeah, for this podcast. Yeah, Transformers movies for sure. But like, like I mean, personally, I don't. I have I haven't watched a single trailer for Spider-Man: Homecoming, even though I'm like freaking excited for that movie because really I don't want good. I don't want uh, any kind of spoiler. And actually, I was kind of mad because I was I was on the couch earlier. My mom was watching Ellen, and they have like a clip from the Spider-Man: Homecoming trailer, and I was like, "Fuck no!" We're trying to look away, and luckily it like transferred pretty closely into like this skit that wasn't in the actual trailer, where like someone had captured Spider-Man underneath a garbage can. And was and someone was like, "We gotta kill him." He's like, "No, don't kill him." He, 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 they kill like, help. They kill harmful insects. They're helpful. And he's all like, <laughs> "Well, I don't know. I'm scared." He's like, "Hey, they're more scared of you than you are of it." And he gets this like huge like paper thing that he's gonna put under the trash can to like, you know, let Spider-Man <laughs> out kind of thing. That was pretty funny. <laughs> so, but yeah. So in Japan, this episode was called Taiho Da Nyal or. Meow, meow under arrest. <laughs> meow? Yes, yes. 
M E like like meow, but you're under arrest. So it was a I did a one person oh, slow clap okay. for that. Apparently it was Amazing. a apparently it was a cross language pun. This strange title combines Ravage's last line with the noises he'd normally make in his classic Decepticon Jaguar form. The three missiles yeah. rampage fires at the maximal ship start to start the attack each bear a symbol, a classic atom model, a death's head poison sing symbol, and a peace sign. <laughs> Which I noticed they had symbols. I thought I didn't make, make that. Uh, oh, I was going to bring this up. I know trivia. Ra Rav Ravage arrests Megatron in the name of the Pax Cybertronia. This is a parallel to the Pax Romana, a rule established in ancient Rome to keep the peace in the Roman Empire. And the TF Wiki probably says, it is a little bit odd that they speak Latin on Cybertron. <laughs> well, they, they do don't. Not. It's odd they speak English on it, honestly. I mean, it's probably auto-translated for our ears. Well, it was awful nice of mainframe to put in a universal translator. So, exactly. so are you? So you're saying you're saying that it's not actually Pax Cybertronia. It's like space Latin. They have a, an equivalent term that's like space Latin. It's old Cybertronian. It's Pax Lorem Ipsum. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like in um it's like in in Doctor Who when uh when Rose says something in like in. She's like in the past and she's like, so like she's talking to people who should be speaking Greek and then she says something in Greek and then they think she's speaking English. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's exactly like that. The thing you said. <laughs> I almost, I almost, uh, uh, greeted the, greeted Greg by saying in the name of the Pax Audio Entria. In the name of the moon, I shall punish you. In the, na <laughs> in, in the name of the in the name of the Pax Audio Entropa, you're under arrest. What would I be under arrest for? I violating the Pax Audio Entropa. Which is a thing I made up. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the un it's Fair the enough. it's the loose it's the Crimes loose unstable podcasts. piece that we have with all of the other audio entropy podcasts. Don't you remember the great podcast war of twenty fifteen? I try not to remember it. We weren't running in twenty fifteen. Were we in twenty fifteen? <laughs> was audio entropy even a thing no. in twenty fifteen? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, yeah, no, audio entropy wasn't a thing because all of the factions were warring against each other. I mean listen to listen to Listen to uh, listen, listen to uh, Teenage with Attitude episodes from that era. Uh, you know, there's some tension between Let's Place and uh, and Teenage with Attitude. Also, I was trapped in a tube. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, now we're yeah. getting some echo. Yeah. So I hope. I hope. That's uh, why I was keeping quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hope that it would pass. So TF Wiki. Okay. So TF Wiki. So. Again, I usually skip uh, animation technical errors, but there is a couple of fun ones in here. Um, for the first time all season, we get a couple of good shots of Earth. First as Ravage's ship approaches the planet, and then at the end underneath the to-be-continued caption. In mm -hmm. both cases, it looks less like present-day Earth than the shots from space we had back in season one when the animation had the excuse that they were trying to keep the planet's identity a mystery. And in case you're wondering, the time frame of the cartoon is between 70,000 BCE and 3 million MYA, depending on which official source you listen to, even uh, even using the 3 million years ago figure. Earth, 
Earthwood would have looked pretty much the same as it does today. So wait, did that say three million MYA? MYA so three million million years ago? No, uh, I think it's a time period. Uh, hold on, because there's not a link to it. <laughs> usually, yeah, usually when it's MYA, that's million years ago. I mean, I guess it could be three million million years ago. That would be, huh. yeah, that would be a long time ago, huh? If it's like very long time, yeah, that would be a trillion, no, I'm, quadrillion years I'm, ago. Wait, I'm many? pretty sure that is the million six, years six, ago thing. Then okay. Yeah. Uh, or it could just be but or it could just basically, be typo. But basically yeah. saying in that time frame it, the earth would still look pretty much the same as it does today. So uh and then um oh uh, just just another little thing since before I leave the animation technical area errors after slamming into the rocks cheaters beast mode nose is silver instead of its usual blue. Oh. Does it uh, those those are the kinds of uh things under animation technical errors usually. <laughs> Does it make any mention of the explosion that we see at the start of the episode? Uh, yes, it actually does. Okay, I was just curious because I did see uh, <laughs> I did see bits and pieces. Yes, continuity notes: bits of Optimus Primal's original body destroyed in the same explosion that created Quantum Wave fly at the screen. Yep. So they basically were just reshowing that that explosion. Yeah, because you see you see his like his chest piece in that. I, although I didn't see his head, so. See, we, so we already con- saw his head in another thing. <laughs> uh, continuity errors. As Ravage's uh, cruiser approaches Earth, the attacking Predacon's force is composed of Waspinator, Inferno, and Megatron. As the cruiser opens fires, Waspinator is nowhere to be seen, and Quickstrike is on the battlefield. And riding on Rampage, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> Uh, the Predacon Autogons are bizarrely ineffective in this episode. They fail so much as to hinder the Maximals when they jump from Ravage's cruiser, and both Cheetor and Optimus take direct hits without a scratch to, to show for it. They've been previously shown to easily co- incapacitate any Maximal with a with a clean hit. Transmetal? Yeah, that's what I was wondering, too, Maybe? because they were transmetal, that it wasn't as effective. Mm. Maybe? it did. It, they did seem to miss Rhinox a lot though yes and he's not well, transmit. they missed him though they didn't they just because they didn't hit I, him. well I'm, I'm saying right that tend they have tended to be a little more accurate before rhinox rhinox is like historically the maneuverable uh character <laughs> maneuverable say, like a tank i feel if, like if he, he was actually hit i would have been like oh well he's a tank I feel, I feel like he was. I, I feel like he actually was hit by something at some point, but I wasn't paying that much attention. So this is too much. Uh, business as usual. Then <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I was paying attention. I was paying more attention than usual. <laughs> Sorry, Kendall. I, but I like, this is this is nitpicks. So yeah, uh, Silverbolt dramatically calls out Silverbolt flight mode in order to convert to beast mode in midair. <gasps> That was like I was like, I what? noticed that. I was like, you can fly well, in both modes. Yeah, yeah and you don't have your weapons in beast mode. <laughs> and then in in uh, parentheses he says, although granted, Silverbolt does any uh, does say almost anything, uh, everything in a dramatic style. So, yeah. Um, and then it's mentioned that the Axelon disappeared last Mega Cycle, which usually refers to a time period of around an hour. It may yeah. have been. I was gonna say maybe Mega it's only cycle. been an hour. Last hour, <laughs> I mean, it's a time travel difference, right? I, 
the only, I thought the only time they brought cheap. up Mega Cycle was uh, Rhinox taking three Mega Cycles to repair. Yeah. Hmm. I I mean the whole point of my whole I mean whatever that's made up time stuff like <laughs> yeah like it's yeah I don't I don't think that that is true that 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 it usually refers to an hour I feel like it it referred to an hour one time I mean maybe 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 they talk about mega cycles in every episode of season three I don't know <laughs> TF Wiki has more knowledge than me but I disagree with that statement I don't the cycle mega cycle stuff is just Totally arbitrary. Uh, continuity notes. The destruction of the glass on the Axelon's elevator doors is a running joke in the series. In this episode, the glass first gets smashed by Rattrap, and then smashed even more when Optimus flies into it a minute later. Yeah. That's how you know that this is a super important episode, folks. <laughs> I <laughs> well, love when they do a little Don't they have, like they have two? They have two separate yes. things, right? <laughs> yeah, because one gets smashed, and then the other one gets smashed. Yeah. Uh, Satellite detonated by the Tripartitus console reuses the CGI model of the Energon monitoring device from Equal Measures. You know those little pylon things that Cheeto ran around putting. Oh yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Gadget and powers. Silverbolt can carry small items around underneath his chest armor. Like I remember in the toy that was like movable. I think, but that was still weird because there's a. Well, well, we'll get to it when we get to that. Isn't that where is that? It looked to me like I mean I didn't have the Silverbolt toy, but I had other toys. That looked to me like where is where is Robot Head stayed when he was in Beast form. So it does make sense yeah. that it would be empty. Um, he also de- de- debuts a new and rarely used feather blade this episode. Instead of a long handle like his typical sword or spear, this feather was more like a handheld knife. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the Transformers references. Optimus notes that most of the Decepticons that survived the Great War have retired, which is actually kind of interesting. Like, they weren't destroyed, they weren't in prison, they retired. So they just went to the uh, the Cybertronian well, old folks home? Retired yes. means a different thing when you're talking about machines. Yeah, they all went to the, to the... They were all retired to uh, Cybertronian Maximal Farm. Uh, no, I mean, it's possible that <laughs> They were literally retired, like, in the way we think of it, but it's also possible that they mean, like, yeah, you know, like, they, they're dead. <laughs> they were recycled. Yeah. And uh, this is this is the sentence here. Is, uh, Ravage was one of the original cassette robots to serve under Soundwave in the original cartoon and comics. You know, in case you were wondering. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was one of the things, like, I was, I was talking about earlier. Like, I... Remember watching these three episodes in a row? Like I, I can't remember if I like was like copy them or like watch them on like an on demand or Netflix or something like that. And I was like finally watching the series in order, all in one go. And I definitely remember thinking like, like when they introduced him, I was like, I remember him. Why? And it, it took me a while to like actually realize which one it was until probably agenda part two or three i can't remember when i'm like oh why didn't i realize it sooner but that that's just because uh Soundwave was one of those characters i always kind of liked yeah it was probably part two because you yeah. probably when you probably saw part two and you saw well i i can't really say it because it'll spoil the next episode yeah no spoilers yeah. I will say there's only so much there's only so much we can go for. Yeah. I, w- I will say I will say I like if you compare this episode to uh the possession episode with Starscream, 
Mm-hmm. Like this episode, I guess that's a nod to G- to G one, uh, but it didn't have to be. Or if it did, it was like really, really, really big picture. Like it used to be that the Decepticons were bad guys, and now some of the Decepticons are Predacons. Like that's a very a really, really basic big picture idea, rather than this really, really specific character talking about how he's his spark is a thing like i i don't know yeah, this episode gonna, this episode uh, was much to, more user friendly i was gonna say it is it, it was like okay you know he's like he's he's like a kind of a guy that's a big deal but you don't need to like know the specifics to understand it yeah like, yeah yeah. I, yeah I wasn't confused i didn't know he was a cassette tape but uh that's yeah. okay that i didn't know he was a cassette tape i think yeah. i think he's cooler because i didn't know he was a cassette tape because that's kind of <laughs> yes, I out of know. context. <laughs> that's not the coolest thing. Giant plant, black panther anthro, and doesn't seem like he would would be something like that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> real world references. <laughs> I like this one actually. Six lasers over Cybertron, which Cheater <laughs> Cheater gets excited about, is a reference to Six Flags in various yeah. states. Uh, yeah. Rat Trap speaks of places in Cybertron where the serving bots walk around minus their terso plates <laughs> and does sort of a wink wink nudge nudge towards Silverbolt. He's referring to strip clubs, of course. Yeah. I I, I love how like he like looks over at Cheetor first. Cheetor's like, huh? And yeah. <laughs> Make sure Cheetor's like not listening. Yeah, really and, which is which is why I love the the enthusiasm he put into the six six lasers over Cybertron after that. Like it's just Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just confirming. It, it reeked up like a little kid being like, so yeah, let's like, you know, like, I can't tell this little kid this thing, but then the kid's going to talk about this stupid kid thing. Like, oh, that's great. Also, <laughs> six lasers. Like, that is, that's yeah. that's just 100% like, uh, okay, we need to have a sci-fi word here. Yeah. Because uh, la- yeah, what do well, they use as flags in the future? In the future and in space... They use lasers as flags, because that makes sense. Maybe they're like laser pillars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean that kind of like I could picture. Uh, yeah, but still, although you know, it, it is, it is, uh, it would be interesting that uh, this er- that that area of Cybertron had apparently been six different countries, just like uh, Texas. Oh my God, they have it in their. Car. I didn't know that's why that's called that. Ah, uh, well. Because you're not a Merkin. <laughs> sure, I'm not. Um, so it also goes on to say that CicadaCon, which, by the way, uh, is, was one of those three shadowy figures, uh, quotes from Apocalypse Now with Terminate with Extreme Prejudice. Yes. And then uh, the other one of the others is named Subsector Hooks and is a shout out to fan James Hooks X Hooks probably was like on the forum a lot too like like some of the other folks we've talked about yeah that would make sense uh oh and this one's actually kind of interesting it's like ravage's interaction with the maximals is highly reminiscent of the depiction of cooperation cooperative soviet operatives in american fiction during the cold war the accent diplomatic politeness the suggestion that only predicon technology was adequate enough to detect the transwarp wave it's all stereotypical of an 80s spy movie and in parentheses, or G.I. Joe episode, where <laughs> the American heroes must work with the Soviet agents for the greater good. 
Oh, it's like uh, it's like when when Chekhov says that uh, that bourbon was created by an old lady from Russia. From I forget what the what where what city he says, but that's in Star Trek Four. But that's like that's like Chekhov's deal is that he he always says that the stuff is with the uh, Russian stuff. Two. Cool. So th- there's also three little trivia bits. Uh, the Tri Predicus Council shown at the beginning of the episode were meant to be the Tri Predicus Gestalt uh, toy. Uh, yeah, I think they made later like the actual toy where it was three separate robots that combined into like one robot. Like I don't oh, think. Oh yeah. I forget if the robots themselves had alt forms. Like so, like it was like you know like a uh, like Devastator where like each robot could tr- transform into a robot, but then they could all combine. But I know that like the three of them together definitely made like a thing that they were, were would uh label as tripe tripredicus yeah uh, there was a combiner uh i'm trying to remember what it was comprised of i think it was like a it was almost like a no it wasn't a scorpion it was like some sort of a fly a beetle and i want to say it might have been like a lobster or some crap. some sort of a crayfish and it says here that they were even referred uh, to by their individual names in the original script. However, mm-hmm. time constraints prevented the uh, renders for the figures from, from exactly matching the toys they were based on. So Hasbro asked that their individual names not be refer- referred to, though the Gestalt name was still used for the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, as there was no interior set for the council meeting, the, model- the models were rough with little moving parts and the scene was all dialogue and no action uh director kausch uh, schumacher s-h-u-m-i-a-t-c-h-e-r is that how you say it schumacher didn't he direct the batman movies shoemaker <laughs> no it's not joel uh, shoemaker isn't that no concert? <laughs> okay uh, schumacher if joel like schumacher that. made an episode of beast wars it would have had a lot more no, I mean, like, it's, a, it's the same last name is what I'm saying. I'm not saying he no, actually directed I don't think it. It's, I don't think it's spelled like Schumacher. I thought Schumacher had an E in there. I mean, mm-hmm. like, after the SH. I don't think Schumacher had a T in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. We just, I mean, what you were trying to say sounds like Schumacher. But I, I know, I know. That's, and, and to be honest, it, it, it does look like that is a possible saying way of saying it, but it's not can you spelled. Show, can you give me the text? See if I can figure this out. Yeah, uh, I'll spell it out so viewers at home can try and try saying it themselves. Sure. Yeah. If anybody. uh, S H U. S H U. Wait, wait. Let me make sure I. S H U M I A T C H E R. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. I see you just wrote it down here. Cool. Yes. Um, Yeah. Or yeah. Cal would like to give us a call and, and tell us himself himself how to say it. And we'd be glad to talk yeah, to him on air. Yeah. Guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um. He, uh. Anyways, it says just call gave... Greg's home phone. <laughs> <laughs> he gave the totally. council's meeting its stylish look as a way of keeping kids interested while cover, covering up any flaws. Lack of ambient light was for a super high contrast film noir look. The super high contrast was in quotes. Uh. Inspired by how the console were putting a hit, also in quotations, on Megatron. Mm-hmm. And then it quotes him directly, say, so I decided to pl- play them uh, like film noir gangsters sitting in a smoke-filled room under a swinging china hat lamp. 
then it just says that the constantly copied red glow was uh, suggested by supervising editor Eric Reynolds. Why is that name so much easier? Uh, so you <laughs> can see the characters. <laughs> so you can see the characters' faces, and then in parentheses the overhead light on its uh, own casts too hard a shadow. Hmm. And then at the very end, the trivia notes: the battle at the end of the episode is not one of Cheetor's shining moments. He had to no. be pushed out of Ravage's cruiser by Silverbolt and activated his jets just after he hit the ground, causing him to slam into a large rock. Uh, when he recovered from that, he was about to attack Wasimeter and got swing point blank by a Predacon autogun. No yeah. wonder he wasn't in the last scene. Yeah, oh, yeah, where, where they're all like have... arresting yeah. Megatron. He's, he's yeah, not because totally. he's, not... he's yeah, dead. <laughs> <laughs> we had to have somebody die this episode. So I can't understand why he had to get pushed out of the the ship. Yeah, I, I guess I think it was supposed to be like invoking like the little joke of like, you know, scared, like someone being parachuting out of a, a plane, you know, like I'm scared and someone yeah. had to, has pushed him out. But it kind of made little sense for, for it to be used and they didn't really expand upon the joke so it was hard to actually tell if that's what they were trying to do yeah especially since he can fly yeah it's like he completely forgets that he can fly <laughs> until the very last minute and then it's too yeah. late he just he just he's just a big mess it's, this episode. it's sort of like it's sort of like when i got a haircut a few years ago and like i just every once in a while i'd forget that i didn't have hair anymore <laughs> It's, I mean, it's basically this, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you get, you grow, you grow rocket packs. I mean, he's only had it for like, you know, for like, for like three days, probably because all these episodes are two parters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like next season, I'm pretty sure he gets a new form. So <laughs> I, yeah, always I mean, changing. Yeah. And I mean, also he wasn't, it's not like he was. In his, I mean, he was only in his cheetah form for a little, you know, for a few, for probably a few weeks or a few months. Like, he's, you know, he's, 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 uh, you know, he's, it's like he's going through puberty. Like he's, he doesn't know his own body. No, no, no. That's definitely later. Yeah, that's that definitely comes up. <laughs> Ooh, oh boy! <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, like, it's but, a start. Like, you can have more than one. In Puberty lasts yeah, a few yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, trust me. I'm well aware that how long puberty lasts. <laughs> he's kind of, what, how old's your boy now? 17? 18 now. 18 now. Wow, he's an adult. That's yeah. A proud father. Uh, has his <laughs> he has his mom. Well, he made it, though, you know. He made it to yes. 18, so you're good. Yeah. That's his problem. <laughs> well, technically not yet, because I'm still on the hook for money. So no, I know it's going to be a while yet. Yeah, he's but a yeah. millennial. He's a you'll he's ever a Gen, fully get rid of him. He's a Gen Zer, so he'll probably you know he'll probably uh, be be uh, dependent on his parents until he's like sixty or seventy. Oh God. Because they have because Gen Zers are like all of the problems of millennials, but worse, right? Uh, That's I what the internet not. told me. Are you gonna believe everything you read on the internet? Yes, everything. <laughs> Should I show you that House Hippo PSA? Oh, do show them. Yeah, if we take a break or after the show, show them the House Hippo. Do you guys know what we're talking about? Is that only a Canadian thing? 
I have no idea what you're no, talking about. I don't oh, think yes, no. definitely, oh my definitely god, you're gonna love it, Jordan. Jordan, you're gonna flip. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> for, Anyways, for any I... listeners not out there, I'm gonna I'll have to try and make sure Wait. that I I link the house hippo video this weekend. That's so is it good. is it like a it's like a public service announcement or anything? Yes. It's, it's like a PSA, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But there's just like it's like a it yeah, it's like it's like a hippo the size of a mouse and it's talking about their habits and everything and And they love peanut butter and jelly. Like, it's true. And it's supposed to be like that looked really real, didn't it? Well, you know, you shouldn't believe everything you see kind of thing. It's kinda of like that's that's the moral of the of the PSA hmm. is that you shouldn't just because it looks real and sounds real and doesn't mean it's actually true. Yeah, I mean it's not like the northwestern tree octopus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say like if if they if if we watch the 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 hippo thing, we should show them that that uh, Cleveland tourism video. <laughs> that, oh my God. that Cleveland tourism. I don't know what you're talking about. The, the we're not Mac- Detroit. <laughs> I, I'm actually I a little sad that, that you no. guys did not have house hippo as a part of your childhood. You guys missed out. Like, well, we had we had uh, we had uh, McGruff, the crime dog. Yeah, and... we had that too, though. Yeah, we got oh everything God. you guys got. You guys didn't get everything we got, though. You guys yeah. didn't have. Don't you put it in your mouth, didn't you? Well, I know Pennsylvania has Mr. Yuck stickers, and that's kind of a little. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. That. You don't know what it is. We have that that's that good. that bug that bug that's like these power lines have the blues. Cause yeah, we had that too. Yeah, that too. Down. We got everything you guys got uh-huh. better. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. The only thing you guys got on us is more breakfast cereals, you monsters. Although we do <laughs> have Count Chocula us. here every once in a while now. Yeah, but they got like fucking cinnamon toast. I mean, I guess we still. Have, I just there's some certain cereals I can't think of on top of my head that we can't get here, like cookies. Cookie Crisp is one we can't yeah. get anymore. We, we got it for a ha- little bit. We didn't have Count Chocula until like a couple of years ago. And that was you like a limited a- run thing. <laughs> you guys have like 400 more Pop-Tart, flav- Pop-Tart flavors than we do. Yeah. More Pop-Tarts. Anyway, yeah. we're getting way off track. We got an episode <laughs> that we got to review here. Yeah, that that was it for the TF Wiki. Okay. I think that was a pretty fun diversion, though. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to have to watch that House Hippo video later. Oh, we yeah, we're gonna link it you to guys, these boys. You guys have milk in bags. That's what I remember about Canada. <laughs> yeah, we. I don't. Yes, we do. I mean, I I bought it that way for like two years of our life, and then we never bought it that way ever again because we still have it in jugs and cartons. Yeah. Better. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, are... I, I definitely prefer it in in cartons. Yeah, I jugs. Not the, not the boobs. I do. Well, I do like those too, but I don't. It's not what I meant when I said jugs. <laughs> Which is funny because milk does come in jugs as well. I'm saying I like the jugs, and then I was worried that it might get taken out of context. It probably will. Oh, it's an audio entropy podcast, of oh, course. I know, I know. <laughs> That's why we love the network. <laughs> but yes, getting to the episode at hand. Ooh, my microphone almost fell here. You know, we should have Canadian PSAs for six more hours. <laughs> I almost pulled a Zach here and had my microphone fall. It was almost the one, one where, the one where we learned about how Superman's artist was Canadian. Yes. No, no. We got We got a Beast Wars episode. <laughs> anyway, we we open up our episode on the uh, the trans warp explosion from the end of the last season. So we're, <laughs> we're finally getting some follow up 
a season later on this explosion. And the opening of it, we actually see a part of Optimus's arm as well as his chest plate go flying off into space. Then we get this expanding ring, very Star Wars-esque, I found from uh, from the Star Wars Special Edition. Very similar to what you would have gotten from uh, when the Death Star explodes. But the, the ring is expanding. We see it pass by planets. And we then cut to Rhinox, who, for some reason, is using a joystick. Yeah, it's, it's looking <laughs> a little weird. He's, he's using a joystick to try and extrapolate when this energy ring is supposed to be getting close to Cybertron. I don't know why they're using this type of a control scheme. It's really weird. <laughs> but yeah, You just so, don't understand Cybertronian technology. Uh, Not like Kendall does. No. No, I, didn't, I, guess I, I don't, don't claim to understand it. I just have faith that Rhinox is smarter than me. <laughs> I mean, fair. He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We, we we finally see on the, the screen that Rhinox is working on, we see the energy ring approaching Cybertron. And he reports in that it should be enter, entering Cybertronian space now. They'll be tech, detecting it within a few cycles. And of course, all the Maximals get overjoyed. They're like, this is it. We're going home. And <laughs> uh, Cheetor yeah, like, grabs onto Optimus's arm and... Yeah. yeah, that part where he's like, we're going home, little buddy. Like, I love that. Like, yeah. oh, this is so excited. Yeah. Even Rhinox is excited. Yeah. He blows a little. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He blows then... a little party favor. Yes. And then, of course, we do have uh, Silverbolt, who is seems a bit, you know, not quite as excited as everybody else. It's like Cybertron, the home I have never known. Yeah. To which we then get Rat Trap saying, oh, you're going to love it. I know this little place in the wall or this little hole in the wall where you can get dirty mech fluid mixed with just a touch of radium. I love that. And he's like, take your head right off. Of radium. That's amazing. Like robot lingo. Yeah. (laughs) And then he goes on to talk about the serving bots and how they have no torso plates. And Silverbolt. He rubs his hands together. Yes. And Silverbolt's like, obviously a veritable nexus of culture and refinement. How can I refuse? <laughs> he just sort of deadpans it and he starts walking away. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think uh, I was looking at the wiki with the quotes. There's a couple of like deadpans and one-liners that uh, Silverbolt's here that seems like he's filling in the... the the Dinobot roll. Yeah, the foil to Rat Trap yeah. now again. There, there's one that I definitely caught and I thought was pretty good. I laughed out loud at it. It'll be cute once we get to it. Yeah. To mention that uh, we probably did, and I'm just being redundant now, but when when, when Rhinox like, blows on that party favor, and it goes, yeah. <laughs> Where do they get those? Yeah, I don't know. From, from Rat Trap's <laughs> arm. <laughs> the arm will provide. But yes, so you're, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> so Silverbolt sort of goes skulking off, and Rattrap says, "Hey, if you took that broomstick out of your tailpipe every once in a while, you might have some fun for a change." <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Cheetor saying for for Rattrap to forget it and that he can go with him to Six Lasers over Cybertron Amusement Park. 
that there's a space slide and galaxy coasters. And then Ratchup interrupts him and says, kid, don't make me hurt you. <laughs> and Cheetor doesn't understand why he's in trouble. Yeah. Like, what? Fucking six lasers is sick. Like, how much of your problem is, dude? Six <laughs> lasers. Six of them. It's better than five. It's way better than four. Exactly. All but, stick in the mud, rat trap. Yeah. So we then cut to the dark side, and we have Megatron, who is looking at pretty much the same sort of information, seeing that this energy ring is going to be approaching Cybertron soon. He's joined by Inferno, who uh, reports that the the early humans that they had attacked earlier have pretty much scattered and that it would be impossible to find them now. Megatron... Because they've been searching for since since like that episode, which I was guess. two episodes ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah which kind of answers my uh, question of, like, why didn't they just keep keep attacking the... Like, if the whole point was to kill the early, was to kill the humans by killing some early humans, why didn't they just keep attacking them after yeah. that, that initial uh, thing was a, a bust? But I guess it makes sense if they, if they scattered... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would make it a lot harder to find them, of course. And um, they might not have an easy way of being able to to detect them, I guess. Because they're not quite the full humans that they would have been accustomed to seeing. So maybe they, they'd have some difficulty in trying to, to detect that sort of biological life. Well, and we just, have... I, mean, I mean, they can't necessarily... I, I, don't, I don't feel like... Uh, there's there's any reason we should believe that they should like literally be able to have a thing a weird piece of technology that can specifically detect human life that seems like i don't know that seems like uh i mean if if there was if it was if there was a story reason for them to have something like that then that would be one thing but i don't Mm -hmm. i I don't think that that's some that's not something that is like in absolutely every sci-fi thing ever like there's no reason to assume that it that it exists. True. Yeah. Yep. Very good point. And they they probably I would assume that they just when they were tracking them and stuff, like they they found evidence that there were humans that went this way and humans that went that way and um yeah so that I'm glad that they I do feel like that that was a plot thread that was bug that had bugged me and they sort of wrapped it up. Oh, that's good. So good job, Beast Wars. It's a also sign of good writing. Yeah. And the way they wrapped it up is exactly how I suggested it happen. So <laughs> I'm I'm good. <laughs> it's almost like you've seen the show before. I, I honestly I don't remember any of season two. I, except for one scene in this, which we'll get to soon. I do hmm. recall this one scene in this episode where I'm like, I remember seeing this. Subconscious. <laughs> so we we have a discussion between Megatron and Inferno where Megatron makes mention that he just has one high-risk option remaining, to which Inferno asks him what that is, and Megatron replies with, gamble, and hope that the dice roll in my favor. And when he says that, we then uh, cut to Black Arachnia. And so we have to assume that his plan sort of might entail her a little bit. Uh, it's sort of hinted at, but we don't really know exactly what he's plotting. But it might have something to do with what happened earlier on in the season. But for that, we won't know until, oh, I'd say the th- part three of this three-parter, really. You, you think, huh? You just, it's just a guess? Eh, just a guess. Just a guess. <laughs> it's a feeling. 
It's a gut instinct. Gotcha. So we then cut to Silverbolt, who is now flying through the air towards this sort of mountain range, I guess. And there's this pond that he 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 transforms and kneels at, looking into the water. And then we see Black Arachne's gun pointed at his head. Lovely way to get somebody's attention. <laughs> and she says, oh, what's the line here? I think you're carrying a graviton generator, Maximal. Hand it over or else. Is that a graviton generator in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> so Silverbolt, he stands up. He's like having none of it. He just grabs yeah. the gun and she doesn't seem to fight him off at all. So we're like, okay, what the? <laughs> it, it, as it comes to find out, she asked him for this. And so he, and he winds provided. up. Yeah, he provides it. Uh, she's sort of overjoyed that he brought it. Oh, uh, I like how he like he asks why why she's bothering with the gun, and she's like, "Well, you know, I figured it would be a little bit more easy if it if it seemed like I was, you know, stealing it from you under duress or something like that." And yeah, and he's like, "Nothing about this is easy." <laughs> yeah, uh, so he so... leaves that chess play thing open for a while, and yeah. It, it's and it's just weird because like like you like he said and I'm pretty sure that like you know with the toy that's where the head the robot had be when it was transformed in the toy, so yeah. it's basically it's just his head is on like a shelf, pretty much, and I'm there's assuming. just basically an empty spot there, so it's just basically his head's floating around, on this like uh it just looks weird to me. Mm. Hmm. I mean I think it would I think it goes without saying that it would be weird to be a transformer. Mm. Yeah, true enough. Oh, and that's the scene that I remembered. By the way, is is Black Arachnia and Silverbolt meeting up? Uh, uh, I remember that distinctly. Is them meeting up and then them like it being like kind of this like secret uh, meeting and then them kissing at the end of it, which happens. Yeah, uh, I remember that distinctly from when I was a kid, but I didn't remember anything else about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> You just remembered the Transformers smooching. Yeah, because it was—it's a cool story. Like, I, I love Silverbolt, Black Arachnia. Silverbolt's like, awesome. Silverbolt's like, you know, you have a, you have a maximal body. Why don't you just completely? Why don't you just let us <laughs> reprogram you and completely change your personality? That was a yeah. bit weird. How he says reprogram, like. Yeah. I don't think you need to go that far. Dinobot didn't need reprogramming, and he was pretty cool. He just like, changed his it's, command it's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> But you yeah. have to reprogram her, dude. Yeah, he he go he talks about how she was a maximal protoform before, and if she joined them, then she could join them back on Cybertron and get reprogrammed. And she says, "Sorry, but I like being a bad girl." And she's like, "Yeah." And, and you know something else? Somewhere deep beneath this squeaky clean armor plating of yours, I think you like it too. Oh, I love this. I love it. So good. It's like and then uh, she like steamy. Oh, and she like she she like um puts like uh one of her claws like on his chest and is like kind of like motioning on it, you know, like as yeah. you, as one would like humans would if they were like, trying to seduce somebody. And it's 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 the sexiest screeching metal sound I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and then she closes the little chest armor thing. Yep. Yeah. And then we get a scene. I, cut you, I think I cut Kendall off there. He was oh. going to say something. <laughs> I don't remember. 
Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. No, 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 no. I don't think I don't think it was important. I was gonna comment about one of the lines. What? The bad girl oh. line? No. Um. Oh, oh, you know. Oh, this is. Oh, okay. No, it was really unimportant. But I'm gonna say it now because I remember. Um. So this kind of reminds me of the uh, of the Simpsons episode where I don't remember if it. I think it's a. I think it's a Halloween episode where. Flanders is the uh, unquestioned ruler of everyone, and and he's like, and, and Homer's like, does something, and he's like, you just need a little re-education. Yeah, that, that was... <laughs> I think that... I'm trying to remember which Treehouse of Terror that was. I, feel, I know that's been so many now. I, I don't feel know like it was the... It I feel like it was the time travel... When he made the time travel yeah, toaster. Was, yeah, it was definitely the time travel toaster. I'm just trying to remember which number that was, because it was one of the more memorable ones so like it was easy it was a number easier to remember than some of the others yeah uh, i think it came before 10 so it's probably like maybe it was eight it's hard to it's hard to remember it has been so long since i saw the simpsons that i have no idea i still like how uh the running gag in that tree house of terror was poor willie gain hidden it like chopped in the back with an axe <laughs> including the one time where where like he's like, no, this isn't your time, uh, Homer. But if you listen to me, I'm like, ah, and falls over, and there's Maggie <laughs> there, and she just pulls the thing. Is like, indeed, this is a very disturbing timeline. Right, right, <sighs> right. Yeah, I my 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 uh my favorite line from that is is uh it's raining again. Yeah. And the t- <laughs> okay. Take your word for it. Well, that's funny because I don't get it. <laughs> oh. Because what happens is okay. So I'm gonna explain it. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to. It's cool. No, so what happens is Homer makes a time machine out of a toaster accidentally, and he keeps coming back to the, and it's the butterfly effect, like he goes back in time and accidentally smashes a butterfly or whatever, and uh, and then he comes forward in time and and everything's, everything's wrong. And so he goes goes into the future and his kids, he goes back to the normal time, he's got like a nice, an extra nice house, he drives a luxury car, and uh, his his kids are well behaved, and he says, "Marge, can you please pass me a donut?" And she says, and "Donut." Sisters in laws are, are are dead too. What? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That is so yeah. It's like, What's a donut? And and then he goes back, and he like freaks out and goes back in time, and then it it starts, and then donuts start falling from the sky, and Marge says, "Oh, it's raining again." <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I remember that actually. Now you say it. I was gonna say, come on, Homer. That's not a bad thing. Means you can invent the donut, and make millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, Homer's not smart enough for that. I think he can make a donut. I, Homer can't put on his own pants. That's it's established in the episode where where uh, Marge goes on vacation, so Bart and Homer pretend to have leprosy. So I'm just saying that I, I, I don't know. I feel like donuts are the one thing he could do. <laughs> anyway, we got. We gotta get back to this episode. Yeah, the book out didn't work out. <laughs> oh, but if you do want to watch another thing about time travel, watch Minutemen and then the D comedy episode where <laughs> me, Luke, and Emma cover it. Okay. <laughs> Plug mid episode. Yeah, I'll have another one at the end of the same yeah. thing. <laughs> I got my so, plug in at the beginning. You guys <laughs> might not have caught that. Anyway, so we we get a little. The, the camera cuts to Silverbolt and Black Arachne's feet as we can only assume that they kiss. 
and then it cuts to space again. Yeah. (laughs) Some of that good old robot on robot robot robot. Yeah, I can't have a robosexual. Sparks fly. Sparks fly, yeah, I like that. (laughs) So so someone's got away with that, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) So in space we see the the energy wave uh making contact with a as it turns out, Predacon uh, space station, I guess. Yeah, like it's an outpost. Uh, yeah. In the space, at least, or something similar to that. Yeah. So, and we see a bunch of the occupants within the uh, the outpost are getting shaken up pretty bad. The there's like these klaxons going off and this red light, and then emergency power comes on, and we see this lamp hanging dangling from a ceiling. And these three Predacons all rise up from the shadows. shadows. <laughs> and they're around this circular table and they all press these red lights. It so wasn't get until all... the end of the scene that I thought, like, why do they have a lamp in, like, <laughs> Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we, so this is the, uh, the Tri-Predicus Council. And uh, they're starting to talk about how they... The, so apparently the the energy wave still carried the the signature of the ship that Megatron had stolen to, to which the they yes and they're at the mention of Megatron they certainly don't seem overly enthused at his mention um they go Megatron I thought we'd heard the last of that renegade and then they talk about his ship as well as the axelon both vanishing last mega cycle and how the maximal probes never found them and then they're like yes but remember we paid the price in diplomatic repercussions and then they're all sort of like like crumble a little bit at it rubble 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 yeah exactly and then so the the middle general uh, holds up his hands. He's like, Generals, ever since the Autobots defeated the, our Decepticon ancestors, we Predacons have worked secretly toward the day when we might rise up to take what is rightfully ours. So, essentially, they're of the same goal as Megatron, only they want to be much more secretive about it. And they make mention that Megatron is brilliant, but that he's a rogue and that he causes too much trouble. And that apparently he's up to his old tricks again. Oh, that Megatron's up to his old tricks again. <laughs> so they they mention that they have a way to be able to handle the situation uh, before the Maximals find out. Apparently they've sent a signal to one of their satellites and that it's going to accidentally explode. And we we have the, the accidentally. scene shift. Yes. <laughs> we have the scene shift to, to said satellite. And we show the explosion. The essentially what happens when the explosion goes off is it causes a its own sort of small shock wave. Yeah, small shock wave that disrupts a part of the energy wave. So they and you know like it it, it bypasses the planet, but it's a fucking giant glowing wave. You don't yeah. see that. <laughs> it, it was the because yeah, as far as I know, because this is a thought I had. Cybertron doesn't have an atmosphere. So when you're looking up at the sky, you don't have like a blue sky that's going to sort of mask 
what's going on in space if something's passing relatively close by to your yeah. planet. Um, so yeah, it depends on the the, 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 the generation. Where like, I mean, I feel like some of the the series have Cybertron with an atmosphere, and some of them don't. Mm. But yeah, it, this would this would this would match G one. So if you're if you say G one, it doesn't have an atmosphere. Then yeah, yeah, I guess it's the case. Yeah, because we we do actually see Cybertron here, and there's no indication of any sort of an atmosphere. It's just big old planet right in the middle, and so it passes through the ring in the space that was created Wait, by the exploding that was, satellite. That was supposed to be Cybertron. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like a scout satellite thing. That no, did no, no, not the, look no, like a whole the, planet. No, no, that no, was the, supposed to be the planet. Which also begs the question, if that wave had to hit Cybertron, what sort of chaos would that have created? Ooh, yeah. Everyone's to tramp metal. <laughs> yeah, food for thought. Hmm. But yes, so the the wave passes. Apparently nobody was looking at the sky when it passed. <laughs> and none of the maximal sensors detected it, which seems really freaking odd for science explorers. Um, yeah. That was so, not a very good model of Cybertron if that was supposed to be Cybertron. Yeah. Cybertron always kind of looks like that though, where like yeah, it's, it's, a little, it's a little smaller than it is just because of like how you can see it, it's a, it's essentially a, a planet sized city like Coruscant, but it looks it's it's but Coruscant looks know, cool. Here, wait. Again, Coruscant <laughs> has an atmosphere, so it kind of looks like a something other than just a city. I don't know, it's weird. It's 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 a weird it is a 3D model of this, and I, I it is that is a li, li, the literal shot yeah. from uh, G- Generation One. Yeah, I don't think they did it to scale, but to be fair, the the buildings on this are not very are not a, in a good scale either. So no, that's true. Yeah, so my guess is is that they basically just use pictures like this to make a model. Mm. And they put it up in the space sky, and hopes don't. Cybertron also it. might just be a smaller planet than other planets. Well, that's true since tech, like in some in some in some stories and lines, that Cybertron technically is Primus itself. So it's just another Transformer. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. I mean, I guess I think that this two D picture looks better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously you couldn't uh, like this looks more like a planet. I don't know. I watched it twice, and both times I thought it was a, I thought it was a yeah, just I mean, like a, a satellite fair, type thing. Fair enough. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, we cut back to the, the the council, and they're discussing how they're going to be sending a uh, an operative, and they make mention of you know the one, so they they don't name him. But we then cut to a, a ship that's being lowered from this outpost. And they talk about how they're sending this this agent with their, their secretly developed transwarp cruiser. And that he's going to tra- trace the transwarp wave back to its source. And then we get the, the line, If Megatron is discovered still operating his own agenda, what are the agent's instructions? So which we think- then get... Do you think the Klingons stole the, stole the Warbird from that, from them? Yeah, or do see, you think I was they about stole to, it from I, the Klingons? Yeah, I was actually going to ask ask you about that, because it really does look like one of, 
uh, kind of like, well, more like an upside down bird of prey. Like the, yeah, because the, the wings on a bird of prey are like more uh, sweep downward, right? Yes. Wait, which and, one's a which one? See, I got it mixed up because there's the bird of prey oh. and there's the warbird. I thought that was the warbird. Let me let me check because I I was like I knew this was going to come up, so I started googling it like the minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, there's the Klingon bird of prey, and then there's the Romulan warbird. But they both are both though, because they switch. They they share technology. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah the one I'm thinking of is the is the Klingon warbird, although it doesn't look quite okay. as much. Um, uh, yeah, because the the bird of prey is the one that's like uh that's like got the the two sets of wings that go like up and down. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I meant the one sets that are curving downward, and as I said in this ship, the only difference is that it's basically upside down, and the wings are basically curving upwards instead. Okay, although Memory Alpha has it as the bird of prey, also. So, what's the difference between them? I th- oh, I don't know. Is there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> well, it it matters if you if you run into a warbird or a bird of prey. Like, how how do you know how fast you have to go to get away from it? Or what weapons do you have to face? <laughs> I'm asking like gen- genuinely. I'm not, I'm not making I'm fun. Not sure. like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> But anyway, they they have the the line asking about the agent's instructions, to which there is the reply of terminate with extreme prejudice. Not cool. Dun dun dun. Prejudice. I'm fucking space racist over here. I was gonna say <laughs> I thought I thought it was the Maximals that were the the prejudiced ones here, Kendall. Uh, well, I mean, you can be racist. White people aren't the only people that can be racist. Yeah, they are. Unless <laughs> <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so I think I'm totally wrong. I think the warbirds are the warbirds are not even canon. It's always the bird of prey. Okay. Because okay. uh, yeah, it says that the warbird. I don't know why I thought it was called the warbird, but it is a, uh, used by the Klingon Empire in mid 22nd century and mid 23rd century of the alternate reality. Oh. The alternate reality. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's the mirror universe. It is created by temporal incursions caused by time travel of the Narada, a Romulan mining vessel. Oh, this is um. Oh, <sighs> that's the um, that's the Kelvin universe. Yeah. Okay. So Kelvin. they're the warbirds in the. So the <laughs> warbirds are in the new. That's weird because I thought the war. Oh well, it's okay. Yeah, they they refer to it as the Kelvin universe because the the events at the start of the the rebooted Star Trek movie are everything changes when the the ship the Kelvin like the the ship that Kirk's father's on is destroyed. That's oh, what sets everything okay. off in motion. When the the ship where Thor is killed. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> Kendall, you don't sound impressed. I just. Well, yeah, first of all, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Kelvin universe, but I just can't believe that it's called the that there's not a warbird in the in the in the original timeline. That's so weird. I forgot that yeah, I forgot that Memory Alpha calls it re- always refers to the the Kelvin universe as the alternate reality. I think it's a subtle jab. Yeah. For those who don't know, Memory Alpha is the Star Trek wiki <laughs> for for canon stuff. Uh Memory Beta is the non-canon wiki. Anyway, getting back to our episode. Also, Memory Alpha is literally Wikipedia 
in the Star Trek universe. If you um, if you see the episode <laughs> where they go to Memory Alpha, it's a physical place that's basically the the collection of all knowledge. Okay, I'm done. Library of Alexandria. What was that, Jordan? Like the Library of Alexandria, but like in space. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I su- I suppose. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. Sure. But I. I don't know. I got a real Wikipedia vibe from from it in the hmm. episode. Like it was like because it's like the I the philosophy of it is that it's like shared the 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 collective the collective knowledge of the entire Federation is available to everyone. Hmm. Like you know philosophicalness. I don't know. It's been a little while. I need to rewatch the original series. Somebody want to start a podcast? <laughs> not tonight. We're not. We need to finish this series first. We can call ourselves the original generation. <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to Silverbolt, who is now arriving back at the Axelon. He, I like that they have the the shield now. It can sort of open up a section of the shield rather than the entire thing going down yeah thought that was a neat little improvement that they had uh but it it lets silverbolt back in he rides up the elevator to which optimus seems kind of grumpy he's like it's about time you got back and Silverbolt's yeah and silverbolt's like is everything is there trouble and optimus says it's now or never for megatron if Cybertron, and then Cheetor's like, if Cybertron shows, you think he'll try and take hostages? And Hobbs is like, I'm praying that's all he does. I was going to say, maybe it's just because he's on, he's been on High Lord and he's just really dense. Yeah, that's probably it exactly, actually, now that I think about it. But yeah, so Silverbolt goes and takes his seat. And starts doing like checking things over on the screen, and Rat Trap comes over and it's like, <laughs> "So where were you?" And uh, Silverbolt's like, "Scout Patrol," and Rat Trap's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, scouting the enemy, yeah, find any oh, new wow. positions." At that part, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, yeah even, was... even the TF Wiki when it. It has that quote in, like, you know, memorable quotes mentions that even the writers were not above using a double entendre. Yeah, that was quite the uh, double entendre there. What happens next, I'm not 100% sure what's going on, because I honestly thought Rattrap was purposely needling uh, Silverbolt. Yeah. You know, but the reaction and, like, what he, like, how would he sounds like, 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 you know, afterwards sounds like, that wasn't the point. He was actually honestly asking him about Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I think he's trying to hide the I, fact that he... I, maybe? Either I, that, I or he doesn't actually care that he's, like, having a romance with, like, uh-huh. like Rackney. He's like, dude, I was just fucking, like... I was just fucking being <laughs> a dude with you. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah, because what we get here is Silverbolt goes nuts. Yeah, and... he gets really pissed and... Yeah, he throws him down, and yeah, he he literally plants his clawed foot on top of Rat Trap's head. It's a very dexterous claw. Yeah, and Optus is like, what's going on here? And Rat Trap's like, how should I know this hothead down just went postal on me? Okay, so just real quick, I just, uh, I did some additional research here. Okay, so at some point, the both Klingons and Romulans 
have a ship that they call the Warbird, the Dex class Warbird, uh, that gets referenced in. It looks like it's mostly referenced in TNG and Enterprise. Uh, and that's the one that I was thinking was the bird of prey. It's the one that's kind of got two wing sets that that uh, like connect. Um, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't just in the. I knew that. I knew it wasn't just in the uh, Kelvin universe. It, it, but but I was still wrong, and Jordan was right. So <laughs> that's the important thing. Every time Kendall goes silent, we know that he's researching something. <laughs> Well, at least this yep. was this was not as long as this was not as long as I as it usually is. Usually, I'm like quiet for like ten minutes looking around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. You, you may proceed. So getting <laughs> oh, why, back thank to you. the episode. I'm glad we have your permission, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> so Silverbolt winds up apologizing to Rat Trap and saying that he overreacted. And Optus is like, believe me, I know Rat Trap can have yeah, that effect. Yeah, I like that part yeah. too. He's like, okay, listen, I get it. Okay, but not now. Yeah. <laughs> so Optimus tells them to go back to their post. Rat Trap sits down at the seat next to the Silver Bolts and says, oh, I think I touched a knife. A knife. Yep. <laughs> so good. We, uh, we have Optimus... Uh, Keep sort of keeping an eye on things and says, I want you all to stay alert, report any motion, any unusual readings. The attack will come, but it may be sudden. <laughs> Just as he says that, we cut outside and we've got uh, Waspinator and Inferno. They're setting up this station and it looks like they're going to try and, you know, be sneaky about it. <laughs> yeah, in fact, like when one of the scanning beams that they have for high alert goes by. They both duck out of the way so they're not seen. Yeah. And yet, they... Once they duck, and then it sort of cuts back in as they're keeping an eye on things, and then cuts back outside, and all of a sudden, Rampage just drives up in tank mode. Crushes like, the console. Screw this subtly. Crash! Yeah. yeah. And immediately he launches... He crashes yeah. on their, their device, too. Yeah. And he immediately launches three missiles at the shields. And we get a big explosion, which sends everybody, you know, flying everywhere. (laughs) And Optimus is like, see, Uh, like I said, sudden. (laughs) So I thought you said subtle. Subtle. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. My subtitles are messed up here then. (laughs) But, uh, so those missiles managed to knock the shields down like 60% because Silverbolt reports in that their that shields are at 40% and falling. They activate their auto guns and, you know, they start trying to shoot Rampage and now we get a big attack by the Predacons who are taking out their guns and we've got Megatron and Ramp... Well, we see Megatron, Rampage, Waspinator, and Inferno. We don't see anybody else. No. Like, I, I didn't see Quick Strike the entire time. Um, <laughs> but only Black Randy gets called out later for not being there. Yeah. Um, the, the Predacons managed to take out all of the, the Maximals gun, like all of their auto guns. And Rattrap says, now what do we do? <laughs> Silverbolt's right behind him. And this is the part that, Jordan, you were talking yeah. about. Because Silverbolt says, well, given our proximity, I breathe through my mouth. <laughs> and like, hey. Well, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cute. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then they get Have shot up again. Um, Inferno and Waspinator are both like attacking the shield like crazy. We then cut to space and we get a uh, a trans warp uh, portal that opens up and we see this cloaked ship exit the portal and start approaching Earth. We then cut back to the attack on the ship. And so we've got Waspinator, Inferno, and Megatron all shooting at the shields. And then we cut back inside. And uh, Silverbolt reports that the shields are at 20% now. And Optus is like, is there any sign of any cyber, anyone from Cybertron or any Cybertronian ships? And Ratchup's like, nada. Ain't a blip on the boards anywhere. So Optimus tells the team to get ready. He says, we may have to. And just as he says that, there's another big explosion. And he gets sent into, like, through the pane of glass into the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) We then cut back outside and we see this cloaked Predacon ship shooting at the Predacons. And now we finally see Quick Strike for the first time. He's like, what in tarnation? And it's the snakehead that's talking. Well, yeah. or at least it looks like it's talking. Yeah. yeah. And they ask where the firepower is coming from. Inferno says that he can't see the target. He says, I cannot see a target for my flame. And Megatron responds with, no, you can't, can you? Hmm. So he, he orders all of the Predacons to return to base. And he makes mention that it is time to increase his wager. So they retreat. We cut back inside. Optimus is managing to to gather himself up a bit. And Rattrap asks what happened. And Optimus says, we had help. And Rattrap's like, oh, no way. I was scanning across the board. There wasn't nothing nada out there. And then, uh, is it Cheetor that makes mention of it? I think it's Cheetor that points at the screen. He's like, well... Would you take a look at that? And we see the Predacon ship land. And yeah. Deploy. And Optimus then says for them to lower the shields, to which Rat Trap is like, what? He's like, oh, please tell me that new brain of yours is still under warranty. And he makes mention that it's not a maximal ship. To which Optimus makes a good point in that if they were going to attack them, they would have done it already. Mm-hmm. So he orders them to lower the shields. Rhinox lowers the shields and tells Sentinel to stand down. <laughs> and it's sort of like this tense moment where they're waiting for something to happen. Uh, apparently Rhinox tried a bunch of different gre- greetings on different hailing frequencies and that there was no response. As he says that, the uh, we get the return of the, the ceiling hatch because Optimus yep. used to use this all the time. Uh, the ceiling hatch opens... And everybody's like, what the heck is this? And they don't see anything. There's nothing on the scanners. Rat Trap's getting all freaked out. He's like, nothing, old man. This is getting weirder and weirder. And Silverbolt makes mention that he smells something. And this is where we get to see his um, like his little pinion knife. Like he, he's yep. holding up one of his feathers like a knife rather than a spear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's close confines, so he wanted something a little smaller. Yeah, that's certainly possible. But they all make... He makes mention that he smells something. And so everybody grabs their guns, and we then see two sort of laser sights pointing into the ship. 
and it's sort of they're sort of moving around a little bit and then we we then get um optimus who starts uh well cheater's like what what do you think it is big pot well to which... does he sh- they get their gun shot out of their hands first don't they no i think he starts no, talking not first. Then, yeah oh. yeah i think optimus starts talking and then because it sort of builds up because he talks about how after the Great War, a few Decepticons were granted amnesty. Most had retired, but the rumor was that one had been reprogrammed and rebuilt. And that's when the guns are then, or no, he says as a Predacon. And then all of the guns are shot out of their hands. And we then get uh, the mysterious assailant sort of floating down into the ship and decloaking. And that's when Optimus announces that it's Ravage. To which um, Ravage is like, you will pardon my shooting the weapons from your hands. I only wish to avoid any regrettable accidents to my person. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> say, Rav- uh, getting abducted really changed Tigertron. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. This isn't Tigertron, but he does have Tigertron's head, it seems. Yeah, he has Tigertron's head and Tigertron's voice. That's not his voice. Sounds like it's me. Sounds Russian. Tigertron isn't Russian. Like Russian Tigertron, though. I'll bet it's the same voice actor. Is it it the same voice actor? That's what I'm looking I don't think it was. By the way, I saw this guy on your like questions post and stuff, and I was like, I guess this guy's going to be in the episode. (laughs) Didn't know who he was, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lee Tokar. No, no, that's yeah, Lee Tokar. Yeah, Tokar. that's not uh that's not the guy who voiced uh Tigertron. That was Blue Mankuma who voiced uh Tigertron. Well, I still think he sounds like him. <laughs> All oh, right. Your head canon is that Ravage and Tigertron are one and the same, apparently. <laughs> By the way, he also does the voice of the Steven Magnet on My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Some food I don't know who there. that is, but cool. <laughs> that giant sea serpent. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some other time. Maybe on a secret project I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna save any of your, you know, things to talk about for the? I'm not. End of I'm the not episode? plugging that at the end of the episode. Okay. Just, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Okay. So we we get Ravage who. He puts away his weapons. Rattrap, of course, says, well, yeah, well, next time try the front door instead of, you know, busting up from the top. <laughs> and Optimus just shoves a hand in his face. is like, Rattrap, please. And Rattrap's like, please. Oh, for pulling up cold. The only thing worse than a stinking pred is a stinking Decepticon. <laughs> then Optimus tells him to shut up. <laughs> and then he Rattrap's apologizes to Rattrap. a racist. Too. Yeah. That trap's a racist. Woo. Yeah. Which turns Optimus into an apologist because he asks for, he says, forgive us. We've been fighting Megatron a long time. Apologist. That sounds a little strong. I don't know. <laughs> well, he does apologize. Yeah, but it makes it sound like, you know, no, like, oh, ap- apologist usually is criticizing someone of being. He is, yeah. he is making, he is making excuses. For someone doing a terrible thing, being racist, that is oh, what an like apologist I, yeah, is. I, I, yeah, I guess you're right. I wasn't thinking about it that way. I thought he was trying to be polite to the to the dude, but he is also making excuses for Rat Trap. You are correct. Okay, but yes. So 
Ravage, um, he says, we've been fighting Megatron a long time. And Ravage comes back saying, for which the Predacon Alliance is deeply apologetic, I assure you. And that is why I am here. Covert Agent Ravage at your service. And then he goes and salutes them. Now, for, so. for, for those of us who haven't seen the episode, and like, or I mean, Kendall at all. And for me, like, I don't remember anything about this next set of episodes. Ken, do you think that once they take care of Megatron, is this guy just going to turn on and be like, yeah, we don't need any witnesses and like kill the Maximals? I'm pretty sure that was an Ken. Epic- not you, Jordan. <laughs> oh. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I hadn't thought that much ahead. Uh, I was kind of, I actually didn't sense any ill intent, but I guess I probably should have. But I, I also be, just, this, like, I don't really necessarily sense any ill intent. It just seems like if his goal is to keep Megatron's bullshit under wraps, I kind of felt the like best move. I kind of felt like he was gonna take out the the faction and and take what and like like with the intent of stealing the golden disc or something like that like take out Megatron's faction and then leave the Maximals stranded on the planet. That's another way. That's another thing. He, he, yeah. I mean, but but I mean, that's what I'm saying is betray the Maximals. Yeah, I mean, because because it, it's possible you could just also be like, "Yo, we helped you. Go tell your Maximal overlords that the Predacon Alliance did good." You know, that could be the case as well, but I guess we'll see. Well, that was another thing that I was kind of curious about as to why, like, I understand they're they're wanting to cover it up to a degree, but everybody knows that Megatron is the one who stole the disc and stole the ship. So why still not? still hit their responsibility, though, kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, if they brought him in, if if one way or another, if they brought him in, then that sort of demonstrates that he doesn't represent them true but at the same time wouldn't it have built a bit more of like wouldn't it have wouldn't have been easier to trick the maximals and saying hey we want you with us while we take megatron into custody and so they wouldn't necessarily well i'm sure they would have their suspicions but at the same time if they had other maxim like if they had alerted the maximals and had some of them come with them wouldn't it have been more in their best interest to make it seem like they're being transparent. Yeah, that's well, that's that's where I'm I'm thinking that they want whatever Megatron has. So like they want the golden disc or they want uh some you know the energon or something. Like they want something from Megatron. So mm-hmm. they they might end up turning him over, but uh they want control of the situation. So they'd probably be like, oh, the golden disc was destroyed, even if it wasn't, and right. would have right. kept it and just turned over Megatron then. Right. Something like that. Okay. Or just killed Megatron and, you know, turned over the body and said, oh, we managed to find him and we, we killed it. him, but the, We found the a exploded body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. But but we do actually have a, a conversation similar to what we were just talking about, because Rhinox stands up and asks what about the Maximals to which Ravage says I'm afraid the transwarp wave was very weak and that only the Predacon sensors detected it and then he goes on to say you understand we would prefer to handle this situation discreetly and and he makes mention that some of them look different than he was anticipating and Optimus just crosses his arms and says we've had some interesting times yeah like 
you know, getting blown up by a giant destructive moon. But they won't go into those details. <laughs> they don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Not so, yet, at least. Yeah. So we we cut to the dark side now. And we've got Black Arachnia, who is installing the, the piece that was supplied to her by Silverbolt into a, uh, a stasis pod. So it looks like maybe she's trying to set up something similar to what uh, Tarantulas was last season. And uh, from here, she's starting to test out the, the pod, only to have Megatron bellow for her. So she she's like, oh, sounds like old Purpleface has a bug up his duct about something. <laughs> so she she goes and hides the pod and we then cut to Megatron who uh, orders Rampage to position himself in subsector hooks so was that another reference to that uh, yeah that, 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 that was, yeah that was the I think yeah I think that was the reference they meant there that yeah. the subsector okay. sorry I, 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 I thought since Cicada Con was mentioned before uh, but uh as he orders Rampage, he says, I know I can count on your best efforts. Hmm? And he goes and taps his chest as if to indicate, oh, I've got your spark and I'll cause you pain if you don't do it. Can't let us so, forget about that plot point. Yeah. So we then get uh, Black Arachnia, who uh, is like, oh, you bellowed. And he's like, yes, I did. He's like, we missed you at the battle today. And she says, well, I was occupied. And then he's like, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, well, so long as you're here, get to your battle station. I anticipate an attack at any moment. So she goes and says, yes, Megatron, and goes to her station. And just yes, as master. she's yeah, just as she's leaving, Megatron calls over Waspinator and tells him that he has a special assignment to which, you know, Waspinator rubs his hands together. It's like, oh, goody. And uh, <laughs> we start to hear him say, I need you to journey to the following coordinates. And then we cut to Black Arachne, who says, this is it. And uh, she sort of cackles a little bit, sort of has a feeling that things are going according to plan, I guess. Or yeah, but I'm pretty sure Megatron's on to her. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. So from here, we, we cut back to the Maximal base and we see the, the Predacon stealth shift lift off. We've got all the Maximals inside it, and the ship is being piloted by Ravage. And all the Maximals are sort of, you know, ready for a fight. They're all checking their weapons, and, you know, Cheetor's, like, running his hand along his sort of hook stick thing. Silverbolt's got his wings already. Rattrap cocks his gun. Um, so, so Rattrap's like, so this is it? We just blast our way in and finish this thing? And Optimus is like, fast and final. I don't want Megatron going anywhere. And then Ravage pipes up saying that the ship is their advantage, and he goes ahead and he cloaks the ship. And we get a cool little effect here, because the not only does the ship cloak from the outside, and, and Ravage like sticks his arms into these console ports, and so his body cloaks, and then the rest of the ship starts to cloak. Yeah, I was going to point that out. I think that means that the ship itself... Mm-hmm. can't necessarily cloak without him yeah like that's... i think they're basically turning his his cloaking ability outward and the ship was made specifically for him yeah but the rather than just the outside of the ship cloaking 
the entire thing sort of disappears. Like even the the contents inside, including the the Maximals, all disappear from view. Now, as the the ship is flying, we then see Tarantulas. Tarantulas, for some reason, has an alarm going off. So somehow he's able to detect the ship. And he immediately runs out of his cave and transforms and starts driving off towards the dark side. We then cut to the, the ship itself and Inferno's watching his scanners and reporting that he's not that the scanners aren't picking up anything. <laughs> to which uh, Megatron sa- says, don't bother because uh, he's not anticipating that they'll be able to see anything anyway. The, the ship then sort of hovers over the dark side, decloaks, and we get Optimus, who's got one of his little maces, and he says, let's do it. <laughs> and Ravage just opens up the door, and Optimus and Rhinox and Rattrap all fall out. Yep. And then Cheetor Skydiving. is pushed in. Yeah, it's and then the, Cheetor... the Power Rangers movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cheetor has to be pushed out by Silverbolt for some reason, even though he can fly. Um, the the turrets that Megatron has start shooting at the Maximals, not really Greg, hitting them. It's it's because Cheetor is a scaredy cat. Oh god. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> Yo, I haven't had one dad joke this episode, and then we get that. <laughs> well, maybe you should be on top of things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the Optimus transforms into his, uh, what did we refer to it as last, last episode, the cobalt cutter or something like that. No, uh, the cobalt carver. Yes. The cobalt carver. Carve waves. Yeah. So he, he starts flying away. Rhinox literally just lands on his feet. Like he just got dropped from a pretty good height and lands no worse for wear and rat trap is sort of like riding on his back he's like captain america yeah just about uh silverbolt uh transforms and goes flying off and we get cheetor who starts to you know issue his command to change into his flight mode <laughs> and instead like cheetor just fucks up with the rest of the episode <laughs> yeah he lands on his head and transforms then his jets activate and shoot him into a rock and he sort of you know is dazed and falls down for a few seconds uh we then cut to the the predacon ship as it's getting fired upon doesn't really seem to be taking too much damage really and it just hovers there but then we get Rampage, who appears and shoots three more of his missiles. <laughs> and Ravage, he, he seems a bit uh, surprised. Uh, he says, all right, that was impressive. And then he immediately gets pissed off and orders the ship to return fire. And it blows Rampage to smithereens. I mean, if, if he could die, that would have been a death. Yeah. A de- I mean, he has a death tally. Okay. Yeah. I, I would definitely count that as a death then. Yeah, he, he has a death tally. Yeah. Air Razor, Quick Strike, Transmutation. Maybe he doesn't <laughs> have a death tally. Oh. Transmutate's on there. Sad. Huh. Yeah. We um we then cut to Inferno and Rhinox. Um Inferno 
apparently can't hit him for shit right now. <laughs> Rhinox manages to dodge two of his shots. Then uh, Inferno shoots one last shot, and you think that it's hit because Rhinox has disappeared, but instead he just hid uh, behind the lip of some rocks. And his Inferno is sort of like, you know, all happy with himself. Rhinox pops back up and just immediately shoots him with his chain guns of command. I gotta say again, like these are my favorite guns in the show. Yeah. <laughs> They're the best. So Inferno like spins around from all the, the bullets that he's getting hit with. He falls over and then Rhinox sort of holds up his gun and just, you know, blows on the barrels. <laughs> all kind of cool. Like, uh, we then cut to to Cheetor, who's got his his spike stick again. He's like, "You're mine, bug boy!" And then immediately is shot by one of the auto guns. <laughs> and then Waspinator just raspberries him and flies off. <laughs> um, we then have Optimus who lands, and we've got Silverbolt on the ship. He then transforms, and Optimus orders him to take out the now appearing Black Arachne, who's on like this sort of like skiff, I guess you could say. It's yeah. sort of sort of similar to a boat, um, but it's flying away, and Silverbolt hesitates, and Optimus is sort of pissed off with him. He gets shot by the the auto guns, and so we then cut back to Silverbolt, who is sort of pondering what just happened and we get Ravage start shooting the dark side. And so Super Bowl has to transform and fly away before he gets hit. Uh, Megatron goes to try and activate the, his backup auto guns. And just as it's activating, the power goes out in the ship. He's like, what? And the computer's like all systems off. And then it sort of, you know, we get the, the voice sort of gets all s slow and sluggish and then just cuts out completely and all the screens go black. We then get this sort of Energon manacle that flings through the air and manages to, to get Megatron's wrist on his chair. Then there's like another circulate with, with, with like glowy yeah. crackly bits. And then there's a giant one that sort of, you know, pins him to the chair and then another one pins his other arm. And then we get Ravage decloak, pointing his guns at him. And he's like, greetings, Megatron. And then the Maximals show up inside. And Ravage starts to say, in the name of the Pax Cybertronia and the Predacon Alliance, you are under arrest. And so the Maximals are all pretty we'll happy. Get, yeah, Primal's face. He's so happy. He yeah. finally got to arrest Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> See, and, I told you his wish came true. Yeah. And uh, so Megatron yells, no. And we start sort of zooming out. Uh, we see the ship and then it cuts to Earth and we get a to be continued. And then that's the end of the episode. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a pretty good first part. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I... end of the series. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if the show oh, had gotten canceled with this episode, like this does kind of feel like a weirdly last episode. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like, I mean, there's some questions behind, but it does seem like they, if if they got canceled, if they couldn't have done another episode or anything like that, they could have at least put this out and then, like, you know, I guess talk to the fans or let them know on the 
forums that what what they had planned or something, and yeah. people would be too too upset. Yeah, I mean they would be upset, but not. Well, you know what I mean. Like they they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't like be like why didn't you keep going or something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. this this oh, was a terrible yeah, yeah. thing. But I think overall it was it would have been a good well. Albeit it would have had some loose ends, but it would have been a, a somewhat decent way to have ended it. Uh, albeit aside from the loose ends, like what happened with Tarantulas and what happened with Black Arachnia. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they probably would have, they, they could, if they wanted this to be the end of the series, I think they could have done, they could have re-edited things and, and maybe had, maybe had this like done a two-parter with, with this kind of concept. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they, they they won. They captured Megatron because he's the only Predacon, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, they they. I'm guessing that they they took out the others all, along the way. <laughs> they just got killed off camera. <laughs> just keeping the parts of uh, of uh, Rampage separated so he doesn't re- rebuild and resurrect. <laughs> Keep them separated. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there you go. There was the episode. Uh, did we had we had a couple of questions, and I think we had a news post as well. Yes. Before we dive into thoughts, I want to just, or I mean, before we dive into questions, I just want to give, I just want to give a few thoughts about the episode, like my sure. stuff. Um. So this episode did a really good job of balancing the action and the seriousness and the comedy. I think there was enough lightness to it that's been kind of lacking with a lot of the, of the rest of season two. So I, so I'm really happy to see that. Um, uh, I, I liked, uh, I can't remember if we talked about this on recording or if it was before, but I really liked like the fact that Ravage was a cassette tape, um, like is not, it doesn't come in. You don't have to know that for this, for this. You uh, you don't know. Yeah. You don't have to know that he used to be, uh, sound wave, uh, sound wave cassette tape right. character from as a, G1. As opposed to the Starscream episode where I was just totally lost when they were talking <laughs> yeah. about Unicron and Galvanax and whatever. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, and, and I then... Did, I was gonna say, I did like the very... They did a really good, uh, Cold War feeling there, and, like, I mean, Ravage's oh, accent was really kind of mm. getting it home, but... I think a lot of the other stuff kind of really did give it give it the feel of like like the Ricky was saying of like one of those spy film noir kind of things where like yeah. you know no one's really trusting each other but this is what they got to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, this is what this is what a like an important Beast Wars up ep- like a mythology Beast Wars episode it should, it should be. be. Yeah. And and I liked yeah I mean I liked the Cybertronian stuff although I still think. Still don't believe that was Cybertron. <laughs> I mean, it was. So, thing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, not, you cannot believe it all you want. That's your. Just that's mean. just your opinion. I've got my alternative facts. Duh. <laughs> oh. I was gonna bring him back to that. Don't you, Kendall? <laughs> Look, this is Trump's America. I'm in not Trump's Canada, so. Thankfully. Uh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> That just Jordan's sucked just all the energy out of the room. Yeah. 
All right, it's we okay. can move on to questions uh, Let's now. continue questions. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. Get questions. <laughs> I love our fans. I do love our fans. All right, fans might be a well, bit narcissistic. <laughs> listeners. I love our listeners. <laughs> well, I was going to say, did anybody else want to like share thoughts before we get into the questions? I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it was a cool episode. It was cool seeing Ravager. And I, and I agree with Kendall in that like he, he, he was much better done as like, uh, you don't need to know anything about this guy. You know everything you need to know about him just from this episode, uh, and it fits in just fine. And like, I, I, I'm excited to see where it goes downhill from here because the Maximals did uh, win out so handedly in this episode. It's not going to last. Mm-hmm. Clearly, uh, nothing goes right for this group. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed Cheetor being a clumsy, clumsy klutz, and I liked, yeah, I like the continuing of. Um, Black Arachnia and uh, Silver Bolt's romance—it's always fun. Aww. Even even with like the the weird reprogramming line and like the racism in the last one we had of those two together, where yeah. he's all like, "I know you're really a maximal. That's why you're worth something," kind of thing. Like Kendall alluded to. You have in the some episode. pure blood in you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was that. That's my thoughts. So questions. Um. I would also I would like to point out that uh, a new follower to our Twitter feed, uh, Budget Gear Co- Commissar. Like I, I, I'm hoping I'm saying it like it's like it's supposed to be like Brid- Bridget Gear, but with a budgie. Brigadier. Brigadier with with budgie in it instead. Yeah, of... so budgetier maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Uh, but they're on Twitter at uh. Or maybe at... it's Budgrigar. Budgrigar. Hmm. Yeah. Budgrigar Commissar. Hmm. Uh, their Twitter uh, names is uh, handle is at not ovni n o t o v n y if you want to say, but uh, they were talking about the uh, the transmute episode that we did, and they're like too much pink energon is dangerous, which <laughs> that, that, that nice. it is a problem. Mm. <clears throat> but anyways. Uh, Ryan Butson asked us on the Facebook group, uh, why did some of uh, Soundwave's other cassettes, remain, uh, mini cons, keep keep fighting the resistance? Sorry, wait, I think I misread that. Uh, why did none of the of Soundwave's other cassette mini cons keep fighting the resistance against the Maximals? I love Rad- Ravage, but what about uh, Bubsaw, Rumble, Ratbat, and Overki- Overkill? Well, and those- be- Maybe they couldn't find anyone that was un- as as uh unchrosomatic as uh sound wave to be able to fight under so buzz this is always my favorite it's always buzz... my favorite Wait, um, buzzsaw isn't con. that the isn't buzzsaw the name of the reskinned waspinator uh i believe it is actually isn't so it? he did continue fighting well it's one of those things where like uh and i think it's in the news post from uh casey that that they actually kind of did reuse some of the names like uh laser beak and apparently there's a different there's it's laser with a z so it's apparently a different laser beak so yeah. maybe it's a different type of buzzsaw no i think it's the same one i think uh <laughs> that that he did continue the fight why should we or maybe they're all i mean maybe they're all secret agents maybe all the all the cassette tapes are like are uh secret agents doing all sorts of things infiltrating mm. Infiltrating man the, the CD underground plan. of Cybertron. Yeah. With the missing All I know is I tried to make a, a 
G186 movie reference with my unchrismatic. <laughs> oh, I fun. thought you were just pronouncing it wrong. No. Because you Canadians, part of the movie. you're pronouncing things weird yeah. in your chasms. Yeah. No, there's there's a line where the Constructicons call Soundwave uh, an uncharismatic bore, and then Rumble says, nobody calls Soundwave uncharismatic. <laughs> Charismatic. <laughs> oh, Rumble. The thing about Rumble I... is he's not animal-themed like the other two are. Yeah, Rumble no. and there was another one named Frenzy. They were like two little little just mini robots yeah. that weren't They're animals. They're just like pile driver guys. <laughs> yeah, and... I don't know. I I would assume that this is this is literally at the end of like the Great War. So like the it was it was basically like uh, a signing of a tr- peace treaty kind of thing with uh like at the end of World War Two where basically they just kind of like they agreed to to you know not any show of force or anything. So yeah. maybe they are still possibly out there as resistance fire fighters under the tri-predicus council and stuff but maybe they're not really as well known um i do know that personality wise uh laserbeak and ratbat weren't very like you know loud. well no no the laserbeak especially was a spy so i mean i don't think <laughs> like in in a way you would think that laserbeak would not want to be very well known yeah gotcha uh, I forget because I know there's a later rat bat that that's like a scientist, isn't he? Like a, uh, I think so. Like a headmaster one, I think, or something like yeah. that. But well, I don't know. There if was has... a there was a bat cassette, and then there was a yeah. larger bat that had like hypnotic powers, if I remember correctly. Yes. So I mean, maybe that was just the upgrade for them. I don't know. Uh, but. I guess it could also be one of those things where, like, they they just wanted retirement. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been fighting in a war for eons by this point. So. Yeah, Ravage married, calls him in for one like last him. score. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they're pretty sweet, actually. Ocean's, uh, Ocean's Ravager, I don't know. <laughs> Ravager 11. Yeah. That's, that, that's the naming scheme they use. Soundwaves 11. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that could work. By the way, I I had to look up because I couldn't remember who Overkill was, and apparently he was one of uh, the dinosaur mini tapes oh. that came like in a later wave. And it mentions that uh, he's his dinosaur mode is strong enough to be a decent threat, except when the circuits that control the size change from cassette to dinosaur malfunction, as they are wont to do, and he finds himself stuck as an audio tape sized dino. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Little dinosaur guy. He wants to destroy us all. Aww. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) Oh, he's biting my ankle. Aww. Uh, But that that was it for questions this this week. Aww. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Hopefully we'll get some more next week. Yeah. But I think we did have a news post anyway. (laughs) Yes. Um, Casey did send in another... uh, Lovely news post. Uh, Why, thank you, Casey. (laughs) Yes. Greetings, beast comrades. Hang on to your nuclear vessels. It's time for some Transformers news. Uh, First up, we have a new trailer for the movie with Anthony Hopkins rambling mysteriously about the secret history of Transformers while surrounded by lots of weird photos. 
Also, it turns out Bumblebee fought the fought the Nazis. Ironic, considering he was a VW Beetle originally, and they she uh, gave us a link to it. And it, I actually was watching one of those things, and I could have sworn that it showed a group of Japanese samurais and Bludgeon was in the background. Yes, that did happen. So, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things, and I guess they're. They oh think, no! Think, wait, that wasn't Bludgeon. No, it was it was, um, it was a transformer. I just don't know. Yeah, it it was. Um... You might have been the one that we had in the last movie. Who was yes. like a helicopter oh, okay. guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I, sure I just if that guy's name was Bludgeon. Though. I think it was Drift. Oh, okay. I think it might have been named Drift. Okay. Yeah. Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I think that's sort of <laughs> what they were referring to with his naming scheme. Yeah, that's there. why he was uh, fighting samurais. <laughs> oh my uh, god! This seems to be Stop. totally put together. Mm. <laughs> um. So basically, the the new I, just just to give the listeners an idea is basically uh, Hopkins is implying that the Transformers, like Cybertronians, have been around for a very long time, and 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 have been like fighting in different periods. Like there is a scene where like where Bumblebee was actually fighting World War II. Uh, you know, there's like knights and and. Calvary and stuff like that. Yeah, so so once again they're doing a different I guess like a different uh addition to what they were hinting at from the other one. I think you kind of pointed that out Emily how each Yeah, like okay, like the first ever totally Yeah, the first ever trailer did hint at like this whole thing with them being like here in the Middle Ages or whatever. And I thought that, you know, might have just been like a short little thing to explain the last night thing, but like every single trailer of this movie we've seen has shown it off a different, an entirely different movie. Like they don't feel like the same movie at all. Like it's mm. it's kind of silly. <laughs> I mean, that's just trailers though. Like that's yeah, I mean, that's how the Power Rangers trailers were. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I still felt like like the like the 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 first trailer we got. Like and, and the second trailer we got, the second trailer felt like an extension of the first trailer. It didn't feel like a whole different movie. Like the tone was a little different, sure, but I mean, like the plot. Okay, like what of the trailers we see a bunch of kids in a city and Marky Mark and the Dinobots and they're all like having a fun time in the modern day. And then there's like and then it shows them um, them fighting Optimus or whatever. And then the next trailer is about knights and like it, they just keep changing like completely it's not just a tonal shift they show completely different scenes which look like a completely different movie yeah well we'll see i mean I'm... well i mean all of them have been messes so i'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i i whichever one i saw at the guardians trailer i'm like i thought it sounds interesting i think it was think the so. first one and they're like fighting optimus but i also think that the idea of an of a secret transformer society it feels like it's double doubling down on the overly serious uh uh like i mean like i'm not saying that they're not interesting that's the thing i'm saying that they're all different movies (laughs) and it makes (laughs) it feel like it's gonna be a big mess if they try to do too many things at once it's a Michael Bay movie. There's almost a guarantee that there's that is going to be a mess to begin with. I mean, anyway, the, the thing is, the thing is, uh, the, I mean, obviously, the you know, it probably will be bad. But the first Transformers movie was 37 different storylines that all worked, which together was the worst part, and somehow that, worked. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I think you could have thrown out the hacker storyline completely out of that movie, and it would have been the better movie for it. 
I, that hacker kid. I, yeah, I don't know. I like that. I, I mean, I didn't like the military people that much, but I never liked military people. But like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it something somehow some. I mean, the 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 first Transformers movie was pretty good. The combination of all those things, you know, and and um, you know, if you if we if it had been different, then it might have been worse. Like, you know, if you think about so, it on ask, on paper. Let me ask uh, you right now. What was the ending to the hacker storyline? Like, what I, what was the conclusion? Of I don't story? remember the ending of that movie. Period. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, there I wasn't think, an ending I think to that, that story. I think that Optimus won at the end of that movie, right? Yeah, and that's that's the ending. Like, it, like the hacker characters don't like the Australian hacker and the 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 kid. They don't play into the ending at all. Like, the, like they go to Hoover Dam. They discover that the Decepticons are like have been here since the beginning of technology at the very least and then they just kind of phase out of the movie like there's no so what you're saying to is their story. so what you're saying is <laughs> this movie is tying up that storyline then no because they probably won't include the hacker guy or whatever like the okay like the, the decepticons being there and everything that part was tied off i'm saying the hacker and, and like the hacker care hacker girl had nothing to do with that they just like they're there and then that's when they stop being in the movie is that scene okay <laughs> whatever i I mean, I I just know that I just know that the total the to, the the big big picture the first Transformers movie was good. Yeah, and, I, I'm not disagreeing it was, with that. And 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 part of and and I and and it also had a million storylines that all kind of that all kind of worked. Uh, be, and they oh. you know they total the 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 sum total of it was was something that was good. So I do think that the fact that a, a Transformers movie has 37 different storylines doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be bad. Okay. Um, I mean, the fact that the, right. the fact that and the I, last, I, the I last, the worst part of the, the movie was the, the fact that it was a mess. Like that movie would have been better off without having. See, I disagree. I, I think that, I think it wouldn't have worked without, I mean, they would have had to do something dra- extremely different without having all the, all the intertwining storylines. It would have had, it would have been no. a very different movie. And therefore, it probably would have been terrible. It could have taken out the hacker storyline, and it wouldn't change the story at all. But at you all. have they would spend more time. They'd spend more time with uh, Optimus peeing on Sam Witwer's yard. That would be or maybe more time with the with the Autobots and the Transformers in general and their story, which would have been is better. that is the, they didn't have the hacker storyline in the other three movies. Is that is that the direction they went? They didn't have the hacker storyline at all. They never mentioned those characters again. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, so then, then did they are have the rest of the movies been all about developing the characters of the Transformers? No, the other yeah. movies are shit too. That's, I don't understand. That's where my you're point. With this. That's <laughs> my point. Is that if you didn't have the hacker storyline, you'd have something worse. No, because the hackers so the, adding the hackers to the other it, movies would have would have saved them. No, so no. That, I'm that's, saying that that's logic. I don't no, understand what you're trying to say. Ken. I'm saying that I'm saying that the first Transformers movie was good, and it okay. had lots of storylines. So a movie that has lots of storylines can be good. But I also the other Transformers movies had lots of storylines and they were bad. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, that's true. And this movie will probably be bad. I'm saying that the the first movie was 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 good and enjoyable despite its flaws, and then those flaws didn't get any better. I guess and I'm saying like, that it was good because. Because of the multiple intertwining storylines, I think that's what made that movie. I disagree, but fine. <laughs> anyway, 
I think we've got lots more news posts. Yes. <laughs> I was just waiting. Um, the, uh, she goes on to say that there's also a new poster out uh, to go with it, giving us a better look at the World War II B. And it's one of those, like, you know, dramatic kind of posters. Um, I'm sure he's got you... a really big gun in it. Yeah. He looks like a very, to- like, a different chassis compared to what he has has in the recent movies. Yeah, he's more like gray. Uh, any chances we'll see a tie-in with Call of Duty World War II featuring Bumblebee? Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I will admit It'd be that I cool though. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like his design shown here, even though I have no idea why the writers thought it was a good idea to mix World War II and Transformers. Uh, speaking of Bumblebee, item number two this week is that Hasbro has registered a trademark for a logo for the next year's Bumblebee spin-off movie. And she provided a link to it. And I, it's actually kind of really neat. Um, maybe we should put like a little show note at, in the Facebook group with the image. Because it, it is kind of like a neat little thing. Yeah, I'll make uh, sure that I have it this weekend. Yeah. It's, it's cute. The, the logo is simple and cute. Nothing too ridiculous or out there. I don't know if, if, if this was intentional. But I kind of dig how the bee wings in the logo evoke, evoke car doors. As I recall, this movie is... Supp- supposedly a prequel set before the first movie maybe we'll get to see what uh b was up to in between fighting nazis and peeing on federal agents with shy of a buff speaking of leaking car fluid this week's third news item is an ebay list- listing for the promotional giveaway prize valvotron oh. if you remember the valve uh, yeah. oil gas company uh the listing includes several photos that show off the figure and its unique packaging it's clear from these pictures that the figure doesn't transform and has limited articulation. I think yeah. I'll save my money for some actual Transformers instead of spending it buying Valvoline to try and get this waste of plastic. Uh, finally, <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> finally, this last bit isn't news, but I felt it appropriate to talk about Ravage a bit since I had to be censored a bit last week due to spoilers. In addition to being in the show, Ravage was a playable character in one of the N64 games, and he got a few different toys based on on him released during Beast Wars. By the way, one of them was actually based off, I think, the N64 model they used in the game. Oh, cool. so- sorry we censored you, Cares. Yeah, we wanted to wait until this episode to actually get into Ravage. Yeah. Uh, these... what, um, what did she say last episode about Ravage? Um, just that he had... had uh, character designs uh and important ties to to storylines and co- and the comics uh as well like she mentioned since uh soundwave was put into the uh, uh forge to fight game and and his, his attacks included uh ravage and laserbeak that she also ta- mentioned that even though soundwave's a g1 ravage was also in beast wars and such yeah. oh yeah okay cool Speaking of Forge to Fight, I finally got into your alliance, Jordan. Yay! I knew a spot would open up eventually. <laughs> uh, these were many, uh, mainly under the name Tripredicus Agent, since the name Ravage wasn't available at the time. They got it back later, though. All of them were either reprints or retools of Cheetor. Of course, yeah. the best, most show-accurate one was sadly a Japan-only release. And they gave us a link to one of them. What's double sad is that Hasbro was going to finally release it in America during the 10th anniversary toy line, but they couldn't find the mold. Uh, Rip. That's a, that's a shame. 
I love like I just like that idea. It's like, oh, we were gonna we were gonna do this, but then the old stuff we used for it are no longer like like. Didn't like something happen to lose that? I know, but I still think that's kind of weird and funny because like, didn't that happen to uh, Star Wars? Like, like there was something where George Lucas had trouble. Uh, like they wanted to do a remastered something or like that, and he had lost the master copies. Yeah, I think Kenner they, had lost it or something. Yeah, and they had to like use uh, like laser discs or something actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it happens though. I mean, like Kingdom Hearts uh, HD uh, remix for um, like the first Kingdom Hearts game uh, for yeah. the PlayStation Three. They had to redo a ton of that game from the bottom up huh. to like re-release it because they lost the original code and stuff from like the original game. Wow. So like that was a pretty big thing they did actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, like, you're not gonna have every single toy companies are not gonna save every single toy of every si- every single mold of every single toy they ever make totally. for all eternity, even if it's something like Transformers. Yeah, yeah, I concur. Uh, she goes on to say, I also wanted to mention that the Beast Wars character known as Laserbeak, that's with a Z, mentioned last week, is spelled differently from the G1 Laserbeak with an S, and has been confirmed to be a different character in fiction. No clue why they went with such a bizarre spelling. Maybe the the temporary lost the rights to that name as well somehow, or oh, maybe it was just, a, or maybe it was just a case of peak nineties spelling. <laughs> peak nineties. I'll, <90s. laughs> I'll leave you all with a question involving cameos from original series characters appearing in their their follow ups. List the following cameos in order from least cool to coolest: Ravage showing up in Beast Wars, Scar Starscream showing up in Beast Wars. When Sarek, is that how you say it? S A R E K? Sarek? Oh, Sarek. Sarek? Okay, when Sarek showed up with uh, Vulcan Dementia and uh, TNG, the next generation, right? Yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure. When Spock was chilling on Romulus in in TNG, Scotty showing up and going on a holodeck bender with Picard in TNG. Oh, my God. Bad old man makeup bones from the TNG pilot. I forgot about that one. Um, uh, see. so from least cool to coolest, yeah, least cool Starscream, then yeah, then sorry. Well, I, 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 I respect Kendall saying that he can give yeah. good reasons for why he didn't like Starscream in yeah. the last uh, that yeah. we mentioned him, yeah, yeah. I would... Um, then, uh, then, um, the man, the Scotty and Bones are close, uh, but I'm gonna say Scotty. Because that was a Scotty. The Scotty bit was was uh, the the the, the Scotty episodes of TNG were kind of like a little bit. It was pretty clear that it was past its prime, and they were just trying. They were grasping at straws at that point. And then, but and then the bones in the and bones in the in the uh, in the pilot was pretty was pretty tasteful. I'll give Ravage's appearance uh, a number two here uh, because I'm I'm high on this episode. But I mean the Spock episodes. Uh, oh, because we see, well. What's the name of that? What's introduced... the name of that duology of that two part uh, um, reunification? Reunifi- uh, is that is that what it's called? I thought it was, I thought it was called something else. I, th- I thought it was reunification. Uh, oh, one of them's reunification because he shows up a couple of times. But this there's the Spock episode where he where he has the conversation with Data and and basically. Data says that, you know, Spock has spent his entire life trying to be less human 
and that is and that is and that's in inverse data, to data yeah it's, it's what data more. is his his ultimate his ultimate goal is and uh and spock and spock just says fascinating <laughs> that's, that's great uh, did you that did sounds you good best episodes did you did you give your rating on the Sarek episode uh he's he's um it's toward the bottom of the list it was it was the okay. second second least coolest not a big fan okay. of Sarek. okay um i have I was going to say, I was going to, I unfortunately don't remember most of these episodes. Uh, I want to say that the, 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 like, I know you said, like, the Bender with Picard with Scotty, the Scotty episodes weren't very good, but just imagining him and and Picard basically drunk has me just, like, (laughs) happy to begin with. So I would kind of, like, put that high up there. The Spock one you said, though, and I kind of can imagine that too also sounds really good i still would put ravage the like the highest probably the top for me with the spock and scotty episodes coming next then starscream and the others below that i'm yeah it's hard to say i'm such a fan of starscream that i'm gonna i'm gonna put him at the top because i'm such a fan of starscream as a character and i thought it was a really cool like little nod to that as someone who's at least uh slightly familiar with g1 enough to get that reference at least so it's yeah. u- so like unification it is the is the two-parter um that we were okay. thinking of oh, okay um oh um wait i just want to and she signed off with live long and prosper until next week beasties so <laughs> so after we finish this weekend yeah <laughs> um, as as for um the uh the star trek stuff i am not familiar enough to make a distinction on any of them i do appreciate <laughs> the question uh but get, yeah, you know, Kendall might know a bit more because we got a lot of Transformers questions that he probably is like, I don't know what the <laughs> yeah. fuck these guys are talking about. So I appreciate a question that's more tailored towards uh, Kendall. That's cool. The one yeah. thing about the one thing about the the Scotty episode is it kind of established, uh, like little like fan theories and, and or it canonized fan theories and uh, and like sort of did trivia stuff like like yeah, there's a scene where. Or, or with Scott, the Scotty episodes, there's a scene where where Scotty and Jordy are both in engineering trying to fix something, and Jordy's like, "Okay, it's gonna take, it's gonna take me two hours to fix this," and he says, "How long is it really gonna take you?" And he's like, "What? Two hours? That's what I said." And he's like, "No, you've got to say if it's gonna take two hours, you got to tell him it's gonna take at least five. Otherwise, how will you maintain your represent your 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 uh your reputation as a miracle worker?" I love that. I remember That's that. That's really yeah. good. <laughs> and and there's a and there's a few other there's a few other bits in that uh in that episode. Although he spends he does spend most of the episode walking around talking about how things used to be much so much better back in his day. He's a really grumpy old man for most yeah. of the episode. It's not it's not the best. It's just it's really late in the series and and it just kind of felt like they were out of ideas at that point because he was like the only it's like oh this is the one surviving TOS actor that uh that we haven't used yet i guess they didn't use nichelle nichols or uh guy or that william played yeah or Wait, well of- no well, william shatner was in the was in the finale he was in generations well yeah but that was well after the show had ended i thought generations was the finale i don't know they had all good things and then like a year or two later then they came oh, out with generations okay. yeah i mean i know all I was- good things was the last episode i thought i yeah okay, okay. yeah I was going to say that um, out of what your descriptions, that one with Data and Spock sounds good. Because I like Data and Spock's characters a lot. Yeah. 
So yeah, does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Uh, you can... Oh, you oh yeah, first. Jordan, you go first. Yeah, you're, okay. the, you're the one who goes first all the time. I forgot that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll continue plugging They See Me Rolling and uh, uh, Jesse Cooper's CurioCast Podcast Emporium podcast. And I'm pretty sure the latest They See Me Rolling gave us a shout out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yay. I haven't listened yet, but I'm going to. We appreciate it. So Star Trek uh, Next Generation ended in May of 1994, and Generations also did come out in 94, but I'm trying to, I can't find the date. Oh. Uh, November of okay. 1994. Okay. So that's quite a yeah. ways off. So it's, so it was like the, it was the, yeah, it was the, I mean, it's the first movie. It was, and it was like a made for TV movie thing that was like to close out the series. Yeah. Because <laughs> All Good Things was a, was a good episode, but it wasn't really a finale. Is, I don't know. Did George, uh, uh, Emily, did you plug your things? I did not. I was waiting for you to say your, your little okay. trivia there. <laughs> um, uh, you can catch me on uh, datashare.tumblr.com uh, and um, uh, on Twitter at This Is Emeralds and on Instagram at This Is Emerald. I also guested on D Comedy, uh, excuse me, this week. I mean, not, not this, this month, but this month's episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I, I had a really great time, and I hope you guys give it a listen because it's just it's just a great podcast. Uh, I also did Digimon Digimon cast a little while ago, just in case you haven't caught that yet. Uh, that was really fun as well. And I, for my art, I plugged it last time, but I'll plug it one more time that I did that Trini Billy comic, the Beanie comic, yes, that uh, people seem to like, which was fun. And also, I'll just go ahead and plug uh, my friend's podcast. Uh, the Real Heroes on Podhaven, the Indie Haven feed. Uh, it's a podcast where they talk about uh, movies and games and who the real heroes of those games are. It's a, it's a comedic podcast, and it's pretty cute. <laughs> That's pretty I cool. Actually, I actually just uh, didn't D-Comedy like, re- Twitter retweet like why the, the villains of the high school musical uh, movies were actually the real heroes or, or should have been. <laughs> so like I just Probably. read something like that, and that, that was absolutely. That's funny. How about you, Kendall? Did you have something to yes, this week? Yes, uh, although I haven't. Um, it's just... Okay, so uh, <laughs> you can find all the stuff I do at kendallcast.ninja. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-L-C-A-S-T dot ninja. It is not a dot com. My parents did not understand that when I told them about it. <laughs> um, you can find the, yeah. the my Star Wars video gaming podcast, the guitar and collection, my comic book podcast, the pull list, my, uh, the teenage Mutant ninja turtles podcast, uh, technodrome tales. And, uh, and, uh, the, we also link to this podcast and, the uh, uh, things. If you, uh, if you like, if you like hearing me talk, but you'd like, but you wish that I was smarter, listen to pull list or, uh, guitar and collection, because I'm actually talking about things I know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're pretty smart on this too. So, I'm the point. Like, of I think character. all of you are smart on this. Yeah, I, I think. Aww. I think we do an all right job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no oh. matter what that jerk says. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did someone say something bad about you, Kendall? That one guy. No, they didn't say it about me, but they there was somebody one time like referred to our podcast as like a beautiful disaster or something like that, and I was like. <laughs> I think they yeah, would they... meant it in a in a complimentary tone. Yeah, but but uh, we're not that kind of podcast. We're, we're serious. Or... 
we're we're super serious. This is serious. This is ju- serious journalism. Okay. 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 <laughs> As always, Born I show the most serious podcast on audio entropy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but seriously though, if you're trying to compliment somebody on their podcast, just tell them it's good. Don't tell, don't don't give them don't make it a backhanded compliment where you're like, oh, I love how terrible your podcast is. <laughs> Because, because no matter no matter what the character of this kids, we have a lot of fun here today. You gotta get serious. No matter no matter what character the podcaster is playing on their podcast, everybody that puts out a podcast puts time and effort and takes pride in it. Otherwise, they wouldn't post it on the internet for everyone to to have. Don't say that it's bad ever. Only say good things. Or solidify. And don't do, yeah, just, yeah, just don't do that, the, the thing where, like, yeah, it, where it just, yeah, don't, yeah, it's not your podcast. <laughs> even if, even if they're self-deprecating, don't, 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 don't agree with them. <laughs> if someone's self-deprecating, they're fishing for compliments, and you should, uh, take the bait. <laughs> Sometimes they're just yeah. being humble. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true, too. Like but, but you should still not agree with them. I really do like that. Look at that little Kindle. You're making Jordan feel sad. You're making him feel like a bad guy. He's not a bad Aww. guy. What? What is your, Jordan doesn't do bad things. Well, no, it's just I feel bad for how I've always ex- explained or talked about Let's Plays. Like, yeah, well, I really, yeah. really enjoy it, but <laughs> I don't think I've ever said, like, I don't think I've talked it up to others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And you've noticed that I always say positive things about Let's Plays because of that. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's kind of my soapbox. Uh, You know, it's up to everybody, but I just, yeah. (laughs) I think we need more positivity in the world, even if it's, and and not, and and less negativity, even if it's fake negativity. Yeah. Uh, As far as uh, plugs for myself, I shall, as always, plug audioentropy.com. Uh, we have still a couple of things I think in the works. Emily, uh, you sort of alluded. To I don't want to say too much about that because I'm not yeah. sure. If I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it, but I'm, I I don't want to put it set in stone because I'm terrible and I never do things I'm saying I'm going to do. <laughs> we, we I know of at least one other I believe podcast that it's going to be like a limited run podcast I believe that should hopefully be hitting the site soon I don't know if it'll be up by the time that this episode is up but uh, we shall keep you informed once it is uh, oh and I just all... want to throw out uh, Burgers and Pops just finished the first season of Riverdale right? yes Yeah. so you should check that out and Riverdale, Riverdale's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, of course, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, feel free to do so on Twitter at Warren Beast, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast podcast. Or if you're old school, you can send us an email, uh, sending it to us, Warren Beast podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, there you go. We're a third of the way through the final episodes of the season. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're in the. We just finished the new hope of the 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 trilogy of season two, I suppose you could say. But yeah, there, there you go. There has been a new hope. Yeah. <laughs> so for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been Kendall. Let's roll, folks.
I just couldn't believe that Maggie Simpson's the one that killed Jason Blossom. <laughs> By the way, don't say anything about that because I don't know yet. I haven't finished your video. <laughs> I'm like episode eight or something. Indeed, that is the darkest timeline. 